And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body. And I think you said you're going to test that, too. Sounds interesting. Right. And then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or or almost a cleaning? Those were President Trump's factually inaccurate comments on Thursday about using light and disinfectant inside the body to fight this coronavirus disease. Hello, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is The Daily DC. After a wave of criticism and a rash of calls to poison control hotlines across the country, the president was asked about those comments the very next day, and he changed his tune. But I was asking a sarcastic and a very sarcastic question to the reporters in the room about disinfectant on the inside. But it does kill it and it would kill it on the hands and that would make things much better. That was done in the form of a sarcastic question to the reporters. It's pretty clear to anyone who heard the original comments that the president was not being sarcastic at the time. So the defense of these dangerous comments seems sorely lacking. Since these remarks, the president has yet to take questions again from the White House podium, which is a stark departure from his handling of the crisis so far. Joining me now with more on that is CNN reporter and fact checker extraordinaire Daniel Dale. Daniel has been tracking the president's falsehoods at these briefings, and we are appreciative, Daniel, for your effort of setting the record straight. So let's begin with just when you heard the president say that on Thursday, and then when you heard him say that he was being sarcastic about it on Friday, this just seems as one of the more egregious or perhaps ripe targets for your business of fact-checking that we've had throughout this entire pandemic, no? For sure, David. Uh, So at first, I was a little embarrassed, actually, because I didn't hear the initial disinfectant comments. I was so distracted by his previous comments about using sunlight to treat people who had been infected. I was I was slacking people at CNN asking if I'd heard him correctly, that I totally missed this in real time. And I, you know, I'm kind of known for uh, live tweeting Trump and it just completely passed me by until after. So we had to kind of scramble to catch up. Uh, And it's kind of a wild thing to realize after the fact that, you know, you could be distracted for 10, 30 seconds and miss something as wild as that from the president. The next day when he, when he said it was sarcastic, I thought it was it was an important moment. You know, there are people out there, Trump critics, who say when he tries to lie like this, when he tries to rewrite reality, just ignore him. You know, he's just throwing stuff out there to distract us from the real stories, like uh, lack of testing still being done or the number of people dying. But I think it's important when the president just straight out lies to people about something we all saw on camera the next day. And so when that happened, um, you know, I jumped on it quickly. I sent an internal email at CNN saying, you know, can I write something and can we call it a lie, which we don't always do, because I thought it was that egregious. And there was pretty quick agreement from senior people that, you know, not only should we do a fact check, but yes, we should call it a lie. You know, I I just want to say on that point you're making about uh, the criticism of giving attention to something the president says that is knowingly false and whether or not that's worth it. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, I do think our job here is to to borrow a word here of sunlight, but sunlight as the best disinfectant is something that is so important to our journalistic mission of of exposing an elected official's words so that they can be held accountable for those words to the public uh, that put them in 
that elected job. It's the whole notion of why do we carry these White House briefings live, Daniel? It's like, well, because it's so important in our role as journalists to show the country what its elected leader is saying and then put it in context, of course, like you do. Yeah, I, I think um, there are two key roles for us as as journalists and for me as a fact checker. I think one of the purposes behind fact checking um, is is the accountability function. So it's it's sort of taking a principled stand, and us as journalists saying, you don't get to define what truth is. You know, we we are here to stand up for reality. Uh, but I think the other function is just informational. Like people need to know what actually happened. And we know this president has, you know, uh, a, a great talent for uh, getting attention. We know that he's a huge megaphone through Trump friendly media. And we know that there are a lot of Americans who just encounter his version of events. And so to the extent possible, I think it's always incumbent upon us to help people see the real version of events. You know, it, it, it might not come across their Facebook feed or they might not see it on Fox, but to the extent we can get it out there, we need to get it out there. Yeah. So let's uh, talk about what he said, just the actual uh, words he was using and, and what the facts are behind it. Let's talk about the sunlight first. So he's saying that people should actually put sunlight inside of their body as a way of possibly getting rid of the virus. And, and, and is, does that match up with what the, I know there was a, an official there from DHS presenting a study. Does that match up with what was being presented in the study? Well, so he, he phrased all of this stuff about sunlight and about uh, disinfectant in the form of a question. So it was him musing. So he wasn't saying like, I want you to all go out and you know shine a tanning bed on your stomach or something. It was like, well, what if we looked into this? Experts said even the musing was dangerous. But yeah, so the, the, the expert was talking about experiments they did in a lab setting, uh, not on, on people. Like it was on, you know, we had the virus on a surface and then we, it, it died quickly in UV light. And the president heard that uh, and, and thought, okay, you know, in addition to surfaces, what if we brought the light inside the human body and got rid of the virus within a person? which everyone, you know, the, this gentleman, Bill Bryan, uh, Dr. Burks, and others made clear was not at all what, what Bryan was saying. And when you say he was musing, was he musing towards Dr. Burks? It seemed he at one point sort of directed his comments to her and she said she had never sort of heard of that as, a, as an actual therapy. Right. So that was another lie from the president this weekend in, in a similar vein in trying to rewrite reality. He, he said something like the lamestream media, uh, you know, was was inaccurately reporting that I was speaking to and asking a question of Dr. Burks. You know, I was I was actually uh, talking to the other person, the laboratory expert, uh, Mr. Bryan, uh, when I was speaking about sunlight and the coronavirus. Well, so people like me go and look at the transcript and he actually addressed Burks by name. He said, Deborah. Uh, when he asked the question about the use of light in the virus. He might have been intending there to, to say that he wasn't speaking to Burks when he separately asked the question about the use of disinfectant, which got more attention. But in the tweet, he said, you know, I wasn't speaking to her when I asked the question about sunlight. And he, he clearly, explicitly was by name. So, you know, just more, more complete nonsense revisionist history. Uh, Daniel, I want you to hear uh, from another briefing last week. I think this was last Wednesday, where the president again made a claim about testing. He said that the U.S. is conducting more tests uh, than any governor probably even wants. Give a listen. They're doing it beautifully. It's working beautifully. The relationship I have with the governors and Mike has and we all have with the governors 
I would say other than one or two, but even them, they don't complain. They're not complaining. So we're doing tremendous testing. Uh, and ultimately, we're doing more testing, I think, than probably any of the governors even want. What do you make of comments like that? Or how did you end up fact-checking those words? Well, I try to find a, a, a way into fact-checking. The, the challenge with Trump is that often his comments are so vague that even if they're largely untrue, it's hard to say, like, that's false or that's, that's misleading because they're just so hard to pin down. But the, the claim I jumped on here was the claim that we're doing more testing, he said, than probably any of the governors even wants. And so he, he constantly does this. I think of him as a dishonesty maximalist. So instead of saying, like, uh, you know, a governor called me and said they're happy with testing. We couldn't check that. Or I think we're doing a good job on testing and uh, things are going well in, in most of the states. We couldn't really check that. But instead, he, he, he makes this claim that they're doing more testing than any governor wants. So all you have to do is find one governor who says that we're not doing enough testing. And that was easy because not only were Democratic governors saying that, we had Republican governors of everywhere from Maryland, Massachusetts, to Ohio, to real red states like uh, South Dakota, Wyoming. Uh, you know, this is a, a, a bipartisan consensus among governors that the quantity of testing was insufficient. So that turned out to be a pretty easy fact check, honestly. And so many of those governors, almost to a person, Daniel, tie the testing directly to the economic situation that the president is actually trying to uh, grapple with here as well, which is that you can't sort of reopen the economy fully without the testing piece in place. They're actually like on his page of that reopening process, but they he seems to miss the testing piece of it. He was on a bit of a political tear this weekend on his Twitter feed with his retweets. At one point, he had retweeted some conspiracy theory that has no base in truth as far as I know, um, about his political opponents sort of fudging the coronavirus numbers to steal the election. Can you walk us through that? Yeah. So it's a, a gentleman named either John Cardillo or Cardillo. I'm sorry, I haven't heard his name said out loud, but he basically said, look, Trump opponents have tried to execute a coup through various other means like the Russia hoax, uh, you know, the Mueller probe, impeachment. I'm paraphrasing. Would you really put it past these people to try to steal the election by uh, inflating the mortality rate for the coronavirus? And that's just, as you said, it, it's just it's just nonsense. I mean, th there are legitimate questions about the precise accuracy of the official figures because it's hard to do these counts. Uh, many of the state counts are now including probable deaths where a doctor or a coroner or a medical examiner thinks it is likely the person died from the coronavirus even if they haven't tested positive. So you can question that and say, well, maybe too many probables are being lumped in. Um, but the suggestion that this is some anti-Trump conspiracy rather than you know, just a difficult but good faith effort to count is just, it's just groundless. There's no, no basis for it at all. And yet there's the president of the United States of America retweeting that. Daniel, uh, I want to just get your take on this overall shift uh, that seems to be underway about these briefings. But every day he's been going to that briefing room and uh, giving his sort of performance on, I guess, trying to demonstrate to the American people that he's in charge and that he has this and taking reporters questions. It has been um, a goldmine for fact checkers like you <laughs> now over the last Two days this weekend, there were no briefings. That was a change since this began. Today, we don't believe there is going to be a briefing. We know, obviously, there's a lot of reporting out there that his 
political team, and perhaps now has they've convinced the president that these may not be working for him politically. But for you, I'm curious, does the absence of the briefing, you know, give you a little heartache? Because it's not, you don't have the opportunity to get into all of the things he's saying to fact check him. So David, from a purely selfish perspective, I would not mind if the briefings went away. Uh, they've been, <laughs> as, a, as a fact checker, uh, they've been uh, a burden on my life. And obviously, you know, we can't compare burdens to, you know, the, the actual tough stuff that people are going through during this pandemic. But it's, it's been a lot. Uh, he's making a, t- a bunch of false claims every night. Uh, you know, he's forced me to work nights rather than, the, you know, the regular daytime schedule or semi-regular that I prefer. Um, so obviously it's good for journalists to have an opportunity to question the president and hold him accountable and, and try to get important facts. But I think I probably speak for all of the fact checkers when I say that uh, if he at least took a break, we wouldn't, <laughs> we wouldn't be too sorry. Well, Daniel, I know that it may be a burden on you, but it is a service to the country. It's so important that uh, we have you at CNN doing this uh, because of exactly what you say, because if the president is out there making false statements, it is totally our responsibility uh, to set the record straight for the American people. So while I appreciate that you may need a breather because you've been working overtime, I hope that you won't mind uh, carrying that burden a bit longer every time he gets out there and talks to the American public. Of course, it's our job. Thank you, David. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us, Daniel. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And a special thanks to our listeners as well. Remember, we publish a new episode every weeknight. So please subscribe on your favorite podcast app. While you're there, consider leaving a rating or a comment. It helps people find the show. And if you want to tweet about this podcast, please do so using the hashtag TheDailyDC. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll see you tomorrow. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.